Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. God bless you all for being here on a wonderful Sunday morning in Southern California. Amen. As I like to call it, the World Broadcasting Center from Old Town Temecula. As I was sitting in the service and enjoying the worship, kind of monitoring one of the platforms of our online streaming, I saw somebody log on from Indiana, somebody logged on from Georgia, a friend of mine, someone logged on I knew from Florida. So God is reaching and ministering and influencing people outside the four walls. So what is happening during a pandemic, I think all pastors would and could agree, is I think the gospel is reaching more people and penetrating the hearts and the spirits. And although maybe you feel a little um, uncertain, please know that the gospel is being sped up and people are engaging. And so I thank God that technology can help us. And those of you that are viewing and streaming online from different parts of the country, different parts of the state, even in some cases, different parts of the city, we're so glad that you're with us, but I'm glad that there are some here that I could preach to some people and they could shout amen and engage in worship. And you can go home today in a few minutes thinking that God was really in a place that we gathered together. So I welcome you. God bless you for being here. Put your hands together one more time. Amen. To Pastor Mark's parents, we thank you for being here and God bless you. They have visiting from Minnesota. And they are enjoying some hot weather at 61 degrees. And so this is the best we can give them. But I think they're glad to be with their grandkids and their children. So God bless Pastor Mark's parents. They're always welcome. And we're glad that they are here. Amen. And to the rest of you, welcome, welcome, welcome. What a great time to be alive. Four of us believe it's a great time. The rest of you, you can schedule your funerals next week with us. We'll try to accommodate you. But whenever God is in the mix, it's great. And I've maintained and I've said and I've become intimately acquainted with all things work together for the good. To them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Man, that, Grandma, that scripture just has carried me since March. It's not all good. I don't like some of it. But those are the connecting dots to the good. That's the bridge. And so wherever you are this morning, Christmas is this week. This is the last Sunday before we gather with family to celebrate Christmas. Please know this that the bridge to everything that is good is where we are right now. Because it works together. The puzzle pieces fit together to make a beautiful picture. And sometimes in life, the puzzle pieces get forced and they don't really fit. And maybe that's where you are right now. Well, Pastor, that's easy for you to say you're a pastor. Well, I'm a human being too. And I'm doing my best to stay healthy too. 
and I'm wearing my mask too. But I know this, that all things work together. Regardless of the distribution of the vaccine, regardless of the outcome of a presidential election, regardless of quote-unquote foreign interference, all things work together for the good. Someone needs to hear me here. I'm going to be like Brother Foster. I'm going to do this for about an hour, then I'm going to start my preaching. <laughs> I don't know that much to do that for an hour, so just you're okay, you're okay. But I just want to keep telling somebody, all things work together Amen. for the good. Amen. That comforts my soul. Praise God. If you're able to stand this morning with us, I'm turning your attention to 1 John. We are continuing our study on rediscovering Christmas. 1 John says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everything that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. I want to preach to you this morning. I want to wrap up a package of hope and bring to you this morning. And this is what's in the package. Finding love. Rediscovering Christmas and finding love. Heavenly Father, again, I stand humbly before a sacred desk, a pulpit. Those that are streaming, God, those that are watching an archive, that will receive a word, those that have come today, God to worship in person and to hear the voice of God and to feel the atmosphere, I pray that you would not disappoint this Sunday. We celebrate your birth this Friday. We rejoice in all that you're doing, God. Give me a word of inspiration, a word of encouragement, a word of affirmation for somebody in this house and online today. I move in the spirit, God, and I lean into you today Anoint everything from this point on, I pray, in your holy name. I ask it. If you receive that, could you shout amen? Amen Amen in Jesus' name. God bless you for standing. You can be seated this morning. Finding love as I rediscover Christmas. The love of Jesus embodied our world. And indeed, his love is fearless love. The love of Jesus defies and overcomes all fear. Please know if you ever feel fearful that the love of God overcomes fear. Today, as we continue the journey through Advent, we are focusing on the love that Jesus brought into our world for our lives. As a quick recap, let me just kind of go over the Advent. We talked about the coming or the arrival of the season that is marked by expectation, waiting, anticipation and longing for something to be different, something to change. Advent is not just an extension of Christmas. It's the rediscovery of Christmas, the power of the Christmas story, a season that links the past to the present, to the future. And the Advent offers an opportunity to share in the ancient longing of the coming of God to where you live today, the celebration of his birth, of him coming back. He was born We celebrate Easter, but we are looking for the return of God. And Christmas allows us to pause and think about where this all started. The point of origin. Where did this all begin? 
How did it start? And Christmas allows us to slow down the whole world. And regardless of anybody's religious views, they all know that it all started by the birth. A baby Jesus. We celebrate that God's coming is hopeful and fulfilling. And the return and the eager anticipation that someday, yes, God will return. And even maybe more so, we notice that in this day and age that God's return is ever so quickly. And if you ever wondered about, am I going to serve God? Now's not the time to be thinking about that, my friend. Hello. Now's not the time to be thinking, is it worth it? Now's not the time to be thinking, is it worth the cost? Is God ever going to come and be coming back? They've been saying that for hundreds of years. Yeah, so we're hundreds of years closer to God coming back. Hello, somebody. Grandpa used to preach that in the 60s. God's coming back. And back in the 60s, it would scare people to this altar. I mean, you would run and slide into the altar like a baseball player into second base on a ground ball hit. Dear God, Jesus, don't let me go to hell. He said, God's coming. But now people take it so nonchalant. Cavalier about, hey, God's coming back. Yeah, right, he is. But you know what? Christmas lets me think about, you know what? It started somewhere. And what God's start will finish with its full anticipation. And the plan of God will never be diverted and destroyed because of society, because of humanity. We may destroy ourselves, and we're on a fast track to do that as humanity. But God's plan will never be destroyed. And God's plan will always be fulfilled. Henceforth, I am going to follow the plan of God. I'm going to follow the word of God. Hey, and as they would say back in the Bible days, I'm going to follow the star. And so as I look back and we anticipate the activity and we are waiting and every week we have attributed to something that is about God, about rediscovering Christmas. The first week we talked about hope, preached about peace. Last week I preached about joy and today I'm preaching about love because love is a part of what we are trying to to discover because God is love. The Bible says God is love. And if you know God, you're going to know love. And if you don't know God, you're not going to know love. Does that sound like a riddle? Because when we realize the value that the love that God brings is not matched to anything in this world, Whatever you can accomplish, whatever you can acquire, wherever you can go, whatever you can enjoy, just understand that God's love is past that and the things of this world that natural hands and humanity can put together and offer us can't match the love of God. God robed himself in flesh and came as a baby Jesus, a little baby boy to wash away the sins of the world that he loved so much that he gave his life, his body, his soul into this and then he created was crucified and then he sends back the power of the holy spirit why because he loves and we apostolics we pentecostals do believe in the holy spirit maybe the holy ghost and some renderings of the word of god but today i want to talk about christ's love is embodied the bible talks about his love in many many places in the old testament through the back into the new old new testament And God is love, and the Bible is a love story about God seeking a relationship with with people from creation. Go back to the Garden of Eden. There's a relationship there that God shared with people. And in the garden, a companionship. 
And this is where sin entered in, and it began to divide the beloved, and it brought death and brokenness and separation from such close companionship with God. Can I tell you something? The world tries to separate us from the love of God. And if we're not careful, as we move and we live in the world, we can become so desensitized by the power and the things of God, and we lean into the things of the world. Why? Because we're around those 40 hours a week on the job. We're bombarded through the media and social media, and if we're not careful, we can begin to think like the world as time goes on. I'm here to tell somebody today that Christ is embodied in love, and God is here to empower us even in our weakest moments. Why? Because God is love. And sin will not separate us. If the world sins, I'm not sinning. If the world validates sin, I'm not validating it. If the culture of our time says it's okay, I'm going back to the word of God because I know the word of God will never pass away. Heaven and earth shall come, but this will not pass away. And if I'm going to find some peace, I'm going to find it in something that's everlasting. Oh, someone shout amen. So the love that God embodies... It's a reunion with love itself. This relationship that God brings us into a relationship of love. God, John tells us that God is love. God personifies it. Love is his nature. If you ever feel like God is mean, you don't know God's nature. If you ever feel like God is uncaring, you don't know God's nature. If you feel like God is a bully... You don't know God's nature because God is love. If we could look at it through the lens of, hey, this is life. Things like this happens. This is God. I can't say that God did this, and I can't say that God didn't do that. I'm not going to blame God for this. But when I zoom out and open the aperture of my life and my faith and understanding, I realize that God is love and life is life. And i got to make sure I don't mix those up. That's how people get crisscrossed with Jesus and think he don't care. And they walk away, say, God's never there. Oh, yes, God is there. Do I feel him? Do I see him? Okay, that's a whole other conversation we can have. But he never leaves. He's close. He's always waiting in line. He's very patient. That's the love of God. It's embodied in who we are and the life that we live. But I have to understand. I've got to recognize that. And sometimes, my friend, that takes a little bit of faith when you're in a bad situation. That takes a little bit of faith even in the life and the world that we are currently living. But I have to understand, and maybe I've got to remind myself that God is love and his nature is love. And he has shown this by sending the baby Jesus. The most popular verse maybe in the Bible when I was doing prison ministry back in my earlier days. I would ask the inmates at times, hey, what do you think the most popular verse in the Bible is? And I never even really researched it. I was just making it up as I go. And they would all say, John 3, 16, you're right. Because you've got to understand, I'm locked in with a bunch of prisoners, and they're never wrong. So whatever, yeah, you're right. They gave me some weird verse, you're right. But they would always say, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so his love is embodied into his people. And then love defines, and it propels us. As Jesus taught his disciples, he wants to make sure that they love like he loves. How will people know that you are my disciples, my followers? The Bible says because you have love that you show one another. 
How will they know? Hey, hey, God, how will they know I'm part of you? Because you'll love people like I did. You'll show love. You'll show kindness. You'll show benevolence one to another. Love is what defines us. It's what marks our us and it characterizes us. What? It's the love of God. What are, what are you trying to I'm trying to help us rediscover Christmas and some of the outgrowth of the Christmas story that it is love. And either I'm showing love or I'm receiving love. And maybe in one of those areas you're a little anemic. Say, hey, I don't show love very good. Or maybe say, hey, I don't really receive love. Nobody really sends it my way. Well, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to tell you, even if people don't rise to the occasion, which I wish they would, and they should, please know that there's a God that's bigger than every person. There's a God that's bigger than every atmosphere and every culture and every situation. There's a God that's bigger than every valley and brighter than every darkness. Why? That's the love of God. He came for everyone. Nobody is excluded. Everybody is included. It's inclusive. It's the relationship with God. That it all started on a Christmas day. It all started about the baby Jesus coming back in a spiritual form after Easter. And on the day of Pentecost. And 50 days later, they were filled with the Spirit of God. They were filled with the love of God. They were filled with the possibilities of God. They were filled with the hope of God. However you classify it and qualify it, my friends, it is still what God is doing today in the 21st century. We're a couple of weeks shy of 2021, the year. And we're all believing for a better year. We're all believing that God will manifest himself and we will see the changes and love will empower us. And yes, I believe and I acknowledge and I validate we're living in, valid, we're living in divided times and by no means is that an excuse. But throughout history, our world has been filled with wars and plundered of oppression. There has always been the weak and the powerful, the haves and the haves not, There has always been too much versus them versus against us and not enough all the way back through history. This is why Jesus' teaching was so radical when he said in Matthew chapter 5, you have heard what I've said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He's bringing a different gospel of love, radical love, crazy love, insane love. He's saying, hey, you need to do this because that's what you've always done, but I'm telling you you need to do this. He befriended hated tax collectors. What is that? Radical love. He even invited one, Matthew, to follow him and his 12 disciples. He spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well, which broke the society taboos that existed in that day. He told his listeners, if the dreaded Roman soldier forced you to carry his backpack, carry it two miles. Radical love. What about the gospel of Luke chapter 10, the good Samaritan? This is good. It's a challenging story for us today. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about rediscovering love in your life and maybe giving some love and receiving love. And Jesus was crossing the divide. It's radical. It's different teaching. It's across the culture. It's spiritual. It's political. It's across the divisional divides. And God's called us, honestly, my friend, to do the same. That love defines and propels us to reach out. 
Maybe reaching across the divide begins with your family. Maybe reaching across the divide is in your home, in your neighborhood. Maybe your workplace or your community. There is a humility and love. A willingness to put someone else first. That's a novel thought in our society. Most of us have been raised around with the adage, what's in it for me? What about me? How many of that work in the secular field? And I was there many, many years. We would ask, we'd say, hey, I got to look out for number one. Who are we implying is number one? Ourself. I got to look out for my family. And sometimes being willing to listen and not defend. Sometimes love's meaning taking a step of building that bridge as a gesture and an invitation. It's exactly what Jesus did. If we've come to be his disciples, a Christian is Christ-like. A disciple, or, disciple is a follower. A follower of him, Brother Tony. Jesus Christ. So let me ask you a question this morning. How would I grade myself? as a follower of Christ? Do I follow in his attitude? Do I follow in his spirit? Do I follow in his kindness? Do I follow in his love? Do I follow in his thoughts? Do I follow in his... Where am I on the report card of being a Christian that is either giving love or receiving love? I've lived long enough that I think all of us want to feel loved. I've lived long enough that I think all of us like and would need some affirmation. Hey, you're doing good. I'm proud of you, son. You're doing good, family of God. These are tough times. I commend you for tuning in. I commend you for showing up. I commend you for suiting up. It's affirmation. It's validation. And that's exactly what God does to his children. But here's the thing. Whatever I'm receiving from God, I can't hoard it. The attributes, the feelings that are not just for me, but maybe, just maybe somebody here, listen to me, that they're supposed to be shared with people around me. Maybe the love I feel from God is supposed to be shared around the people I care Maybe when I'm feeling down and in prayer or my thoughts, I feel like God's validating me. Just maybe I'm supposed to be validating somebody. I think I gave an assignment last week of homework. Anybody do their homework? Grandma? Everybody's else afraid. They're embarrassed. They're shy. It's okay. To look for joy, I think, is what it was. And you'll find it. I'm going to ask you this week to look for love. And if you can't find love, then you share some love. I posted on my social media a couple weeks ago, and I hope I can quote it just right, but it said something to this effect. There are a lot of nice people in the world. If you can't find one, be one. 
There are a lot of loving people in the world. If you can't find one, be one. There are a lot of great Christians in the world. If you can't find one, be one. There are a lot of great dads in the world. If you can't find one, be one. There are a lot of great wives in the world. If you can't find one, be one. What is that? that that's just a phrase to help me frame the love of God, to personalize it. This is God's love. This is the gift of Christ. This is the heart of Christmas. What is it? Finding love. Rediscovering Christmas. I like the song. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. In fact, I like it so much, I bought a picture. Yes, I bought a picture. And I donated it to the admin office, which has those words, the lyrics to that song, hanging in the admin office next door. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 90 and 9. I couldn't earn it. True. I don't deserve it. Still, you gave yourself away the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. That's Christmas. It chases down. It leaves everybody that's secure to find that one. So here's my question as I kind of wrap up this morning. How do we live out that song? How do I personally, with the people around me, show never-ending love? The reckless love of God. Well, it, it makes no sense why He would love me. That's the reckless love of God. I don't deserve it. I don't want it. I don't need it. But... God said, yes, you do. It's overwhelming. You know, it's never ending. That's what I'm preaching about this morning, about that love of God that we find and we embrace and we cultivate and we protect. And it makes us who we are even in uncertain times. So, Pastor, are you worried? No. This is what I tell my wife. Can I let you in on a little husband and spouse conversation? Sometimes, at times, she'll bring up what's going on in the world. Pandemic, virus, politics, etc., etc., and I tell her, why do you get so worked up about that? She goes, it just makes me so mad. Don't you care? She asked me. 
Of course I care. But I tell her, I said, this is how I process it. This is how I work through it. I can't fix and change all that. People are asking people, even myself, hey, you going to take the vaccine? Is the mark of the beast in it? Are there, you see all these memes on social media where their faces all contorted and twisted and droopy. I just took the vaccine. No side effects at all. It's marvelous. Who knows? Right? I told her, I don't have to make that decision right now. And whatever happens with the political arena, God's church always wins. We're always insulated and protected. I told her, I said, I'm not trying to be some holier-than-thou spiritual woo-hoo spooky person. But remember, babe, I do have a PhD in common sense. And I can't figure that out. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to preach on Sundays. I'm going to love God's people. I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to love my kids. I'm not going to do anything crazy. But God has his hand on everything. And I have to take peace and rest in that. So no, I'm not going to get all worked up about all that. All I'm saying is, The love of God gives us peace. And I'm praying that this week, wherever you are in this whole pandemic slash political landscape, let's turn our eyes upon Jesus. And Abby, the old song they used to sing back when I was in youth camp, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light. Huh? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. That sounds way too simple, Brother Tim. But come on, you're going to see the love of God. You're going to feel the love of God. You're going to embrace because it's going to be natural. Let me pray for us. If you're able to stand this morning, could you with us stand? Hallelujah. Mighty God in heaven this morning. I ask you to anoint the families, the minds, the spirits in this holiday season as we have rediscovered joy, joy and hope, love and peace. God, let it not just be a cute title of a series. Let it not just be an advertising ploy of artsiness, but let it be the profound, deep word of God that ministers and loves and exhibits itself in the people of God that are here. Let the anointing of God rest upon us this week. Let peace and joy be here. God, let there be no worry. Let there be no fret. Let there be no concerns of this outside world, God. But we are insulated and we are protected. I bless every hearer in this house, everyone that streams this message. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. 
because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.